0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. How are you? Wow, at long last right i'm so i'm so glad that we can finally get this together this is awesome
0: oh my god thank you so much for not giving up on me i'm so sorry it took oh five years
1: totally get it it's why i it's why i spaced these out through the day so absolutely Absolutely. (laughs) all right well that said um Thank you so much for agreeing to hang out on TPQ twenty today. Oh sure, thank um, you for having me. Yeah, we always like to start off by saying, you know, we know who you are, but some of our audience may be new to you. Um, if you were to kind of give the uh, the bio that's not on your website, the one that your publicist doesn't have, <laughs> what would what would that be? Who are you?
0: Uh, I'm Ariel Marie. I am a genderqueer, queer, uh, fat, southern, disabled writer, uh, particularly in poetry and um, essays. Uh, I'm a cultural strategist and a cultural worker, um, which just is a fancy way of saying, I write stories that help us think critically about the world around us and the cultures that um, nurture us and grow us. Uh, I'm a professional rump shaker, even though uh, it's the pandemic. Uh, I I like cornbread and bread pudding. And uh, I am a quiet tree hugger. I really love plants.
1: Ooh, well. Yeah. Oh,
0: gorgeous. Gorgeous.
1: <laughs> we're out in the middle of nowhere right now. It's, it is very nice out here.
0: Oh, I love it.
1: And it's okay to be, you can, You can. I, we live just outside of Portland, Oregon. So we are supposed to be tree huggers. And yeah. so we you know, we're, we're there. We're good.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love Portland. It's gorgeous out there.
1: It is. Um, I have to start off by asking, uh, when is the Ariel Marie uh RB album coming out? <laughs>
0: um funny you should ask that. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I don't know. I um I have toyed with the idea of a live uh jazz and poetry album, so that might be something in the works, but I'm pretty sure y'all don't want to hear me actually
1: actually saying that's not very pretty well see so let's see my introduction to you uh was watching the uh when i get rid of these headphones i'm echoing my introduction to you there we go was uh watching the right bloody finalist video uh of psalms of poplar yeah so i have to say at uh Watching that video um, and knowing that there was a voice and then a voice. Wow was really powerful. Um, and it also, when Gumbo Yaya came out, it also gave me the audio.
0: Yeah.
1: Of what of how you sound through it. I mean the the singing portion of that and getting that crowd to sing along with you.
0: Oh yeah. Uh,
1: was was pretty epic. Um and if and if for people listening, uh head over to YouTube and check out uh, Ariel Marie uh, in the Right Bloody Finals uh and take a listen. Cuz it truly is it's impressive and it adds such a, a such a new dynamic to your to your poetry.
0: Thank you. So yeah. So,
1: so then I have to ask, uh, your passions, um, the singing and the poetry, where do they come from? Where did you get started with them?
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't really tell you what's the chicken and what's the egg. Um, but I do know that, um, of course, I'm Southern, and so there's a lot of... Uh, folkloric tradition, storytelling tradition, um, especially with um, black, in Black religious spaces, Black ritual spaces, Black cultural spaces, of this idea of the round and just like the idea of sound continuing. And yeah. um, when you're in the round, um, it's just such a hallowed space and the, the, the sound just washes over you and you kind of lose your own voice in the cacophony of other folks' voices. And um, as a kid, I was in a performance troupe and we'd sing, we always sang in the round and we would write in the round, like someone would kind of start a lyric and then everyone would pick it up. And it was just a really cool way of kind of getting my feet wet in how you build a space. Um, So of course, when I started, uh, when my attention focused on poetry, I I carry that with me and I I don't know I think I was always writing poetry um I just think I write poetry in the round um always I, I'm always thinking about um the soundscape and the sort of like the material impact of of what sound can do even even on a page which
1: mm. uh, has some <laughs> do you think and I ask this for I ask this every time I know that somebody also performs their poems as well as, as writes the poems uh, for, you know, the page versus stage question. Oh, yeah. Is there, and knowing that you come from that type of, like, theatrical background as well, is there a difference for you uh, writing for the stage versus page, or when you're writing, do you just hear that song and that sound and that voice that it should have? Does that kind of guide your writing, or is there a difference for you?
0: I don't think I've been able to art. I haven't gotten a good articulation of what that difference is, because I think um, I think there is a difference. I think, of course, there is a difference, because your your reader um, and your and your in person audience are two are having two different experiences of what you've written. Um, and I think maybe when I first started writing, what that meant is I what I thought that meant is I had to curate or tailor a message. Um, the message itself for the page or for the stage, but now I think I just I augment um the mode like the the modality like I just on the page, I'm always trying to create the same tension, the same vibrato and what that kind of inspires me to do is break a lot of rules on the line and with the stanzas and with
1: there are no oh, rules to no poetry rules.
0: right but I think um I do a lot of breaking to kind of create that in-person experience and and what I what I realize now is when I'm reading a poem what will always be true is if I'm performing something in person the space is a container for something new and so usually a poem on the page I've I forget a stanza or a stanza doesn't feel like it needs to be there or I add something or I ask folks to repeat. Something. It just, it just has a different, a different little body. On, in I person. love
1: that. The, uh, yeah. the, the remix of your poetry.
0: Always, always a it's, remix.
1: <laughs> well, and, and it's really cool because I gotta say you're, you're the first person I think I've spoken to who, who in a performance setting is willing. Well, no, it's funny, I said this to somebody in, in a conversation with uh, yesterday, uh, it might've been H Melt, um, mm. about how uh, how Joel Leon, mm. uh, when, they, when they are performing, he, he will do a remix of his pieces.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and he performs to the audience and to how he's feeling on that day and that moment. Yeah. Um, I don't hear a lot of people say that they're willing to change their pieces.
0: I mean, um, I'm the type of, word word to slam poetry. I'm the type of per I was always the kid editing the poem right before it was like go over <laughs> like I'm on deck and I'm just like adding some stuff. I think that I think poems are alive and so, you know, over the course of a life you change. And so one audience might inspire something different, help me see the poem different. And I think, you know, we can't ever there's no such thing as a perfect poem. So we can't ever be too too married to what, what ended up on the page. Even post-publication, I'm like, oh, that was the wrong damn. <laughs> I should have taken that out. <laughs>
1: Well then then you come out with the uh, the erasure book of oh, oh you you
0: are you know I'm cooking. I was like what if the second book's just an erasure of the first one? Right? Am I allowed to do that?
1: <laughs> you you are absolutely allowed to do that. Yeah. It'd be actually it's a it's a pretty cool, like it's a pretty cool idea on on the editing process to go back and do something like that. Like, what does, you know, what does that first poem feel like? now and what would you remove or you know what are the what are the footnotes you would put in it now
0: yeah yeah Well, i
1: and it i was uh i was watching an interview with you in uh julian randall oh, um,
0: yeah.
1: and he he asked a, a great question that that uh about the conception of gumbo yaya mm. and you started talking about how um you know the title poem itself was kind of this conglomeration of all of the things that that were, yeah. uh, but that did not become, um, you know, a new for, yeah. for the book itself. And, yeah. and I think that's kind of like exactly what you're doing. You took all those things and you remixed it.
0: Absolutely. Um, and, and now it's one of my favorite poems cause it's just it's, it's this little graveyard. That's yeah. life. Yeah.
1: And, and honestly, and cause, and you tell such a, I mean, you, you are a storyteller, so, you know, it's nice. It's nice. It's, it, it's kind of it's kind of cool to think that you know uh little snippets of pieces of poems were able to come together to still create a story yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so. and that said so process wise mm. um we you know we always ask the are you superstitious questions of you know do you have 14 candles lit behind you and a few sticks of incense burning and uh you know a cup of tea Or are you the uh, you know are you the person who can sit down and write for a day? What is your what is your process when it comes to putting together your work?
0: You know the funny thing about me is I have ADHD. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what that what that means for me is I absolutely reject uh, routine. And I'm not, I, I try, oh my God, I've of course read all the books about writing poems and being a good writer. And there's of course the traditional writers who say every morning at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m., get up. And, and I just cannot, I cannot do it. And so... I'm just really good at preparing for the procrastination process that comes with my poems. <laughs> and that just means that there's always a journal with me. There's I keep a backup charger so that when a, a genius thought hits me, of course, when my phone is on 1%, I don't lose the genius <laughs> thought. Um, and what what rigor I wish I could have for the writing process. I have released myself and forgiven myself because my brain is just not going to do it. Perfect. Actually, what is the most rigorous thing about my process is the editing process. Um, once I once I feel like I understand what the poem is trying to tell me or what the poem is trying to indicate that it wants to do, um, I have a three step. Um, editing process that involves like a free write with the, like a couple of lines that really stick out to me and then I'll go back and I'll take away all of the articles or the least expensive words as I like to call them and see what what the poem looks like then and then the final edit is trying to find the best container for the poem which is how it looks on the page and I do that with every poem um unless I don't want to <laughs> So that's about as that's about as succinct as I yes.
1: can. <laughs> I love that. No, but that's I, I like I like the idea of, of stripping of stripping everything away and bringing yeah. it back to its. You know, I used to. Uh, I, I've taught for about twenty years, and right. I used to with, uh, my creative writing students in their poetry unit. They would come to me with their pieces, and they luckily knew ahead of time this was going to happen. I would rip <laughs> it up in front of them, okay. and I would ask them, and I would ask them, "What do you actually want to say?" Yeah, And then it was, you know, it was just a retelling of, okay, here's what I meant by this. Right. And then, and then, yeah, going back and stripping it down and what does it look like? And how do you, how do you take away those? I like you said the least expensive words. Yeah. Uh, I, I, cause it's a really, it's a really good way to look at it. Cause it's, you want to create an image and a story and, yeah. and sometimes the little words get in the way of that. Yeah. Um, I have a, I have one of my, I, covered in tattoos but uh, I have right. rule 13 which is the old strunk and light uh, omit needless words.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, Get them out of here. Get them out
1: of here. Right. Well and um, so what do you think have been over the years you know obviously it took gumbo yaya a while to right. find to find a home. Right right. Um, you know what do you think have been the obstacles and roadblocks that you faced along the way? uh maybe just along the you know the journey of this book or just in general what have been those those kind of roadblocks and how have you overcome them or how have they become part of who you are as a writer
0: right yeah I think um a lot of people kind of know the story that that Gumbo Yaya had a former publisher and then I I ended up with a with a new publisher and and you know was I was honored to have received the Cave Canem Prize and I think um the more the more I learn, the more I know that it's not, you know, a particularly unique journey to like, you know, try the, the, trying to find the right shoe that fits the foot, right? And I think more than the the struggle of trying to find a home for Gumbo Yaya, I think what the hurdle was was figuring out how to articulate what, my my value is as a writer and trying to, one, know it enough to be able to say, okay, this is what I bring as a writer and this is what I deserve as a writer. And then also finding the people who are going to reflect that back to you and like, you know, be the village for your writing career or your writing voice. I think we're moving into a world where poets are, everywhere and doing so much and it's gorgeous I mean I think of all all the hot you know fiction right now is actually poetry in disguise right it's yep. writing fiction and so you have to kind of know like the idea that i could dream big and do a jazz live album with the book right and like and and all of these cool wacky ideas 10 years ago i don't think i would have ever thought that that was i would have thought they were little dreams that i could like maybe fund myself and you know do in my backyard and now it's like i think we can think of ourselves as artisans not just on the page but you know in 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 our life's work and finding the right people who can reflect that back to you is is it is a it's it's the single most tedious career thing and it's also the most um impactful like finding the right village for who i am as a writer um finding the right team finding the right um community to to both strengthen me and challenge me um to like okay is that you know almost like what you did with your creative writing students is that what you really want to say is that Mm -hmm. what you really want to do do you want to is the next project a poetry book? Is the next project, you know, the the collection of essays? What do you wanna do because the sky is the limit? Um, and so it took me a while to take the take the ceiling off of, oh my God, I'm talking so much. <laughs> no, you're,
1: this is, no, you're fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, it took me a while to take the ceiling off of, of, of my dreams for myself as a writer. And I don't, I think um, a part of that is being a black girl. A part of that is being um, someone who wasn't and isn't traditionally Trained a part of that is being a habitual dropout. <laughs> Wait, you,
1: hold on, you mean you don't need school to be a poet?
0: You know, you yeah. know, <laughs> and I had to go to school to learn that lesson. <laughs> yes, yeah. so, so I think, um, you know, and a, and a part of that is like, yeah, I, I just think that I, I, I tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed until I realized all of these things are you putting the ceiling on what's possible what happens if you take off the the brakes what happens if you you know just kind of pop the can on that sucker and see what happens and and make sure the people around you are people that can you know dream and and fly high with you yes okay yes (laughs) a
1: thousand times yes absolutely well and i think it's you know it's interesting cuz you you've used the word container a few times like you feel mm-hmm. like you know poem, and that idea of the ceiling as you're saying that i was you know my head goes to lid because the you know yes. you really like you really are pulling the lid off of off of that container and allowing yourself to do you know whatever you or the poem wants to do
0: yeah I that's
1: think,
0: yeah it was i think I, I feel silly saying it out loud but it wasn't until maybe like a month before gumbo yaya was you know finally published that i was like oh yeah i i think i'm gonna just be a writer like i think i'm gonna be i think i'm gonna write i think that's gonna be my work and my my life and and not just the thing that i do because i have to and because i love it i think it's what i will invest my my time and my life in and so pivoting in like that was it took so much i think but also was like it it has been the freeing thing. Um, Ugh. and, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been so beautiful to be able to, and, and an honor and a privilege really.
1: That's so cool. And as we kind of move toward wrapping things up, sure. um, who are you excited about right now? Who are you reading? Who's out there that we should know? And then, uh, where can we find your work and when is that essay collection coming out?
0: Oh my God, this is such a hard question. Um, uh, cause I'm, I read like twelve books at a time. I told y'all I got ADHD. And that's what <laughs> um, Courtney Faye Taylor is someone who's put out a putting out a book. I think it's coming to publication really soon. Yep. So is um, this brilliant writer? Oh, I've been waiting on this book for so long. Um, the poet Golden, their book is coming out. Um. Oh my gosh. Uh, I think the title is uh, "The Dead Name That Learned How to Live." the book is amazing, and and it's I think it's coming out in two three months. Um, and Kimia Lobbies Against Heaven is something that I'm reading right now. I've also returned back to Poetry for the People by June Jordan. Um, just sitting with a lot of June Jordan right now, and those are Ooh. my those are my book wrecks for you for now.
1: <laughs> those are those are good ones.
0: And as for me, um, I am still chewing on some things and working on some things but there is a i I spent all of 2020 and most of 2021 writing a um essay series for the offing magazine it's called on solidarity and they're about to take that um series and put it live on their website. And so just kind of re-release the Ooh. entire um, column um, for the- Congratulations. Um, thank you so much. So I think it's just really, it's just uh, what I was thinking about and chewing on as we kind of watch all of the events from the pandemic to look at the political forefront of 2020. Um, And I'm working on my collection, which is um, about living in the South and working as a community organizer and also pleasure and sex and life and love in a Black body in the South. Um, And, you know, I'm still publishing poems because it's my first love. I can't give her up no matter how hard I try (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> love it thank you so much for hanging out with me on tpq 20 today it is an absolute pleasure to talk to to talk with you um yeah. and i'm so excited to uh to read what comes next and uh and i you know i hope at some point there's a gumbo yaya audiobook, um and then uh you know, oh, yeah, maybe maybe that uh maybe that jazz uh, that jazz poetry album comes out along the way you know there was One of my favorite albums is Langston Hughes with Thelonious Monk. So, you know, if there's a, if there's a way we can get you on something like that, oh man, I think it'd be amazing.
0: Well, this was such a treat and thank you for having me. And I promise it's coming soon. (laughs)
1: Wonderful. All right. We will talk to you later. Have a wonderful rest of the day.
0: Thank you. Bye.
1: Bye. Thank you for listening to the poetry questions TPQ Twenty please like, rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week.